hopefully I can help you out a little bit today. If you have your Bibles or your devices or your glasses or your binoculars, whatever you want to look on the screen, John, the 18th chapter, we're going to read 13 verses real quickly so we can be seated. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know the truth? Aren't you glad you come to a place where the presence of the Lord is in this house? We're not afraid to preach what his word tells us to preach. Not cutting anything out with a pen knife and saying, well, I don't want to offend anybody. We let that up to the Lord and you. Right now, you know what it's all boiled down to is your relationship with him. Doesn't matter what goes on. I either going to improve my relationship than I was yesterday or I'm not going to improve my relationship with God. Because you know what? I want to make the rapture. I don't want to be left here. I need the joy of the Lord. The Bible says that's our strength. And I don't want to walk around as a weak Christian. I want to walk around as a strong Christian. Something that the devil's afraid of. Something that this world fears that gets up every morning. I don't want them to say, oh, that's just Raj. He doesn't mean anything. I want him to know that there's some harm coming his way. And I'm not bending, bowing, or doing any kind of worship on his part. I'm here to worship God. I'm here to lift him up. I'm here to give him glory because I know in the end he's going to get it anyway. He's done so much, hasn't he? Now, come on. I'm going to be real. Sometimes we think the Lord's left us. Uh-oh. I'm losing amens, Lord. You've felt that. I know you have because you're just human like I am. Come on, Lord, where you at? Or you get depressed and then something else happens, some news report or something this, and then it piles on and it piles on and gets worse and worse, and you shake your head and you think, come on, come on. I want to feel happy. Sometimes it's not happy trudging through this land. But you've got to make yourself that. You choose to do what God wants to do, and then you'll be happy. Praise God. All right, let's move on before we all get depressed. John 18, 1 through 13. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kedron, which was a garden. I've been there. It's an awesome place. Into the which he entered and his disciples Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Really? They were loaded for bear. Do you know why? Because they were afraid of what they're going to encounter. So don't think that you're a weak little old little old weakling. You are a mighty man of God. You are his kid. You've got something on the ball. 
you're moving his kingdom. Jesus, verse 4, therefore knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth, said unto them, Whom seek ye? He knew what was happening. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground, just from his word. That's pretty, that's pretty good, isn't it? Didn't have, to, didn't have to touch him, just had to speak. Remember that. Then asked them again, whom seek ye? Get up, guys. Who you think? <laughs> and they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I've told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let this go their way. That they saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them, which thou gavest me, have I lost none. Verse 10, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servants and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then Jesus said unto Peter, put up thy sword unto thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him, and they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. How many are kind of tired of everything? Aren't you just kind of tired of sick and tired of being sick and tired? The title of this message is Push Back. How many want to push back with me? How many want to just, now, we don't want to pull our sword out and start hacking ears. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is push back. We'll find out what that means. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to push back. Lord bless you. You may be seated. So Peter's reaction to what happened to Jesus in the garden at the time of his arrest, and Sometimes we do this. I know you do. <clears throat> you put yourself into that situation. You said, well, I'm going to play Peter this time. And, you know, all the stuff that went on, I'd do the same thing. No, you wouldn't. We don't know that. We try to play our mind games and say, well, if I was the disciples, I would do this. Or if I was Peter, I, I wouldn't look around on the boisterous sea. And I would keep walking to Jesus. And I would do this. And I would do that. And. We try to do that. How many play those games? We do that. <clears throat> it's fun. So we can see ourselves fitting right into Peter's shoes and reacting easily to that situation that he had. Now, Peter had the revelation of who Jesus really was. Mark 16, 16 says that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He knew who he was. You're the Messiah. You're the one we've waited for. Not only that, but Jesus gave him the keys to the kingdom. Not only that, but Peter did have some faults, as we do. Peter was a very outspoken individual. He was overzealous sometimes. He was overconfident sometimes. And he stepped out of the boat yet, but he walked on the water with Jesus. Only person to do that. You go, Peter. So he had all of this stuff, all of this experience, all of this knowledge. 
He even got into Jesus and said, no, wait a minute. When Jesus told him that he was going to be arrested, betrayed, and, you know, die and all this, no, no, you're not. They're going to have to go through me first. That's kind of Peter. And we, we're like that. We're like that. So it seems fit that in this situation in the garden that that's what Peter would do. He's probably the only disciple that had a sword. Well, he's a fisherman. What do it with a sword? He's a fisherman. But as a reaction, as a normal carnal reaction, as a fleshly reaction, he goes and he pulls this sword out and he starts wielding it like this to protect Jesus. Now, if he would have continued, those guys would have killed Peter right there. And you know what happened to the early church? Nothing. Might have killed a lot of people. Peter rushed ahead when he should have waited. He slept in when he should have prayed. And in this instance, he attacked when he should have let Jesus handle it. So, I, I, I don't want to get political. I want to do that up here, but I don't have a problem telling you that I'm just fed up. How many are with me? doesn't matter. I'm just fed up. I really am. I watch things fall apart. I watch the pandemic destroy lives, businesses, and economies. I, look, I watch corrupt politicians in Washington that are in control that are really set to destruct us. They have a destructive mindset. And it seems like evil is on the rampant throughout our land and that the bad guys are winning. How many are with me? So in, in, in all of that, now that I get off my political box for a minute, there's really not a whole lot that we can do. We're going to march on Washington. We're going to march on, you know, the, the, the cities, the capitals. The, we're going to do that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do it. But this one thing that I do know that I can do, one thing that I know that's effective is pray. Pray. We're not strong physically. There's no armies that we control. There's nothing on the on a carnal front that 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 obeys our command. But there's something in the spirit world that when you bend your knees in prayer, something happens up there. I don't know exactly what, but God does. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 19. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Let's say strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You have got to put your armor on every 
every day. I don't care how long it takes you. Some of it takes you 30 minutes, some an hour, some five minutes. But you've got to put your armor on every day. If you want to do something in the evil world, if you want to strike back, if you want to push back against the evil, it's time to realize how important it is to put on that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness, that girdle of truth, my feet that shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I got the sword of the Spirit of the Word of God. But above all, Paul says, take up that shield of faith. That's what I could do. That's how I push back. Yeah. We wrestle not against flesh and blood against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I think we realize that more than ever. I think we realize that better this year than last year. I think six months ago it really didn't affect us, or a year ago wasn't any problem. Everything was just flowing accordingly, and everything was just fine lollipops and roses, and everything was just good. All of a sudden something happens. All of a sudden things start falling apart. All of a sudden this pandemic flies through the, the, the world. All of a sudden things just start coming apart at the seams. Now you understand it's spiritual. And sometimes people that I talk to and meet and stuff, and we talk about this once in a while, and they say, yeah, I go to church, yeah, I pray. Okay. There's a lot of Christians that say they're Christians that are just weak and nothings. I don't mean to offend, I don't mean to, but they're just nothings. They're not soldiers. They may put the uniform on. But there's nothing about it. You have to understand that it's a spiritual fight, and that why that as long that's another thing that I get fed up about is the the the, the evil of this world attacks the churches. How else do we stop worship going? Is to say, oh, you can't come. You can only have so many people in your church. You can only no. That just doesn't fit with the kingdom of God. Yes, we have to obey. Yes, we have to do things. And yes, we have to use our common sense and stuff like that. But if there's anything that you and I can do against this place, and when we push back, it's take your time to pray. Do that. Wherefore, we're taking you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand that evil day, Having done all to stand, Paul knew what he was talking about when he's in prison looking at that uh, Roman guard, looking at that and going through everything. God puts you into places so that you can look around and see and, and pull things from what God's done and how it fits into the kingdom of God and how it fits into your life. And it adds strength to your walk. And he, he, he keeps building and putting stuff into your walk when you experience things. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, 
wherewith you be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, take the helmless salvation, the word of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. That doesn't mean constantly. That doesn't mean take time out while you're working it, whatever you do, and you devote that to your job. You devote that to your employer. But you've got to keep something in the back of your mind always going for God. You've got to keep that supplemental prayer thing going on, that, that scriptural thing going on, that worship mindset going all the time because it helps you. It does me. People at work now, I've been at a different place since August, and they're wondering why I'm singing and worshiping. You know, not, I don't stop and worship, but whistling and singing a song and always. What's wrong with you, you weirdo? I'm just loving life. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I got it in here. I know who's in control. I talk to him every day. We got something going on. Who says I have to feel the way you guys feel? Who says I have to be down and out? Who says that the end of my life is just all wrapped around a bottle in a weekend that you know, I don't have to go to work so I lay out and get drunk all the weekend? That's no life. And they, they try to, you know, pitch the comedy stuff and be happy and laugh all the time. But you know what? It's rough on them to close their eyes at night and put their head on their pillow. Not us. Why? Because we got the peace of God. Ha! Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Verse 19 is important. And for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So this is important also, is what you say. It's important that you pray, but it's important that God gives you the utterance, that God gives you the worship, that God gives you the words. And sometimes it comes out in tongues. Sometimes Scripture says we don't know what to pray. But the Spirit makes utterance for us. The Spirit takes over. What's important is that you give an opportunity for God to speak through you. Every chance you get. Every time it is. Why? Because we're pushing back against this evil. We're not letting the bullies just push us around. Who wants to live like that? Who wants to be pushed this way and that way and say, come over here, go over here. Who wants to be led around with a hook somehow and, and, and like an animal and drug somewhere and place this way? They'll do this and they'll abuse us. But it's time, it's high time to push back against everything that comes against us. Praying is pushing back. Amen. Likewise, Romans 8, 26, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Oh, that's only in revival and at the altar on Sundays when the worship's really going thick. No, 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 no. 
you ever just think about God through the day and uh, all of a sudden you just stop and start crying? You just thank God for his mercy. You thank God for all that he's done in your past of your life, how he's touched you and healed your body and, and how he's taken care of your family, how he's put all this stuff together and how God orchestrates everything and that he's in control of it all. Am I the only weirdo here? It happens like that, doesn't it? It's a worship that just happens, uh, 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 you know, just on uh, a response. It's just, it's just there. It just does it. So we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. But you know what? Down in your heart and your mind, you're giving God the glory, aren't you? It's the end time for sure, amen? The devil is working over time. There's temptations coming all of our ways. There's things in our lives. There's fights going on. There's, there's, there's hurt. There's, there's all kinds of fear. There's, there's people that we don't even realize that get a hold of this disease or this, this pandemic thing. And before you know it, you, you, you see on Facebook or somebody tells you that they passed away. What? How'd that happen, Lord? All I know is the enemy is here. To kill, steal, and destroy, John 10 says. And he'll try to convince you that your praying is a waste of time. Why? Because he knows the pushback's coming. He doesn't want you to pray. He wants you to excuse yourself somehow. And he wants you to make a good reason that you can explain it to the Lord or you can explain it to the pastor, you can explain it to somebody else and make you feel good because you really don't want to look bad. But you really don't want to take the time out to pray. I'm here to tell you right now today, if there's anything else you remember about this message, is you need to take time and pray. Pray like never before. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's 15 minutes, it doesn't matter what. Because the more you pray, the more God's going to come in on your situation. And I believe this. I know it's the end time. But somehow I believe God is, is, is giving us more mercy. He's giving us more anointing. He's giving us more opportunity. And I want to get a hold of God as much as I can and stay on that spout where the Holy Ghost is coming. Because why? He knows he has but a short time. Push back. How many want to join me in pushing back? James 5.16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many knows that scripture? How many believes that scripture? Oh, well, that's just for the pastors and the ministry to, pre to pray and so that they can lead us and we can follow what they It's for you. It's for all of us. Because why? It's between you and God. We're not going to put out a big uh, uh, text to everybody in the church. There's nothing going to go out when the rapture happens. It's between you and God. And I want to be ready, don't you? I want to make sure I'm prayed up. I want to make sure I'm staying up with the church. I don't want to be left behind. And I'm not preaching to scare people out of hell. It's not a fire uh, a message or anything like that. I'm just telling you that it's important that we pray. 
it's important that we know what we're saying. If you don't know what to say, just take the word of God, open and start reading Psalms, start reading prayers, look up prayers in the Bible, start praying about, you know what, God is somebody that you can just talk to. You can just pull your heart out and explain everything. It doesn't matter what it is. You can tell him how broke your car is or the parts that need this and that and that going on and this happening or working on. He's, he's there to listen. He's there to get uh, a comfort with. He's there to help us. And we're there to push back. Because that's all we can do. Effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Prayer, I believe, is more intense now. I told you, it's more anointing. We seem to be developing a more familiar relationship with the Spirit of God. Or am I just wacko? I feel that way in the last year or so. It's so much easy to worship. It's so easy to worship. To just cut your mind off of this world and just concentrate on the Lord and get into his presence. And don't be afraid to stretch out your arms and stick your head back and just concentrate on him and just let the spirit of God flow. It's addicting. Because it's in that place that we feel so peaceful. It's for me. It's in that place there's no worries. It's in that place that, yeah, I may not have the ability to fix everything at work that's broken, but I know God can do things. He's still a miracle worker. Amen? We make a miracle work, a promise keeper. My God is You sing that tomorrow at work. We make a miracle. It'll make you go down that hallway a little different. Yeah, promise keeper. Everybody's scared, you know. You got this mask on you. And they put that, the mask is, is okay, but they got no idea what you're saying behind that mask. Woo! It's a positive. Yep, where am I at here? Prayer is pushing back. The Spirit maketh intercessions for us with groanings we can't be uttered. How many has ever been bullied in your life? Did you like it? Did you want to go back to school or work? But somebody's pushing against you? You made reasons why. Come on, Mom, I'm sick, feel my head, fever. I want to go to school. Why? Because I'm getting bullied by some guy named Frank or whoever. We didn't, I didn't sell anybody. And it goes around the school, too. At least it did back in the 60s. Until there was a fight in my front yard with me and that kid. I teased him a little too much because he, I don't know, I was just teasing him because he had his sister's brownie socks on. I mean, you could tell. <laughs> that did it. And then you get all the other kids around on the egg on a fight, you know. They're not done until there's blood and stuff, you know. And 
didn't happen that way. We finally let up. You know, we turned out to be somewhat of a good friends. But I just, I'm not going to let this devil bully. I'm not going to get bullied around by him. The spirit rolled. You kidding me? We're the, we're the big ones. And then this little bully kind of pushes around. It doesn't make sense. But it's time for that to stop. So he is working. And he'll try to convince you that praying is a waste of time. It is more intense. <clears throat> praying is all that we can do. So when we push back, a couple of items that I'll talk about and then we can uh, get ready to go <clears throat> or pray. First of all, we understand that when we push back, it's a spirit world, right? So one thing is you have to be in shape. You have to be in spiritual shape. And that's not an excuse to say, I'll let the other one do you know, I'm, I'm, uh, No, it's get in spiritual shape. doesn't mean physical shape, even though it takes physical shape sometimes. you got to be in spiritual shape. It, it, the military, is ha- I, I don't know anything about the military other than what I've told, what I read about, and what I watch on from Hollywood, but there's something called basic training. How many know what that's about? Basic training, I, what, six weeks, eight weeks, however long it is. Sometimes if you fail, you go through again, right? No. They put you in basic training to do what? Get you in shape. They, just, they tear you down, and then they build you back as a soldier. So we go through spiritual basic training. We have to do that. And you cannot be a participant and expect all of that stuff miraculously to come upon you when you need to push. You have to get in shape. You have to go to the spiritual gym. That's why everyday prayer is important. That's why well, uh, coming to worship is important. Uh, prayer at home is one thing, but it, 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 it magnifies. The scripture says, come and magnify the Lord with me. It magnifies in this house. That's why I can't wait to get here to worship. And it doesn't matter what we sing. It's all about worshiping God. It's important that we do, that we, that we work on our spiritual man and get our spiritual muscles going because we have to be in basic training and do PT, physical training. Get in shape. The devil fears you, but when you get in spiritual shape, it's even more of a threat. The second thing, and it's important, is you got to get your footing, you got to get good footing when you get ready to push. If you have bad footing and you push something hard, you're going to hurt yourself. Here's a classic example. I used it before. When I go golfing, I have to understand that Roger's ball is going to go into the sand trap. Always does. I don't know what about those things. I put it up, I tee it up, there it goes, and it hooks and slices that way and it's in the sand trap. When you're in the sand trap, what's the first thing that you see them do? They get their sand wedge, whatever they're going to do. My part, it's I'm so far away, the sand wedge is no good. So you got to pick something else. You got to go swingless. <laughs> the first thing that you do, get your footing. 
the club's no good if your foot's not messed. If your feet are messed up, it doesn't matter what kind of club. Or it doesn't matter the swing that you have or the practice that you've done. You look at a baseball player, he steps to the plate, what's the first thing he does? You look at the guy on first base ready to steal, what's the first thing they do? They get their footing all set. Look at the football players and the linemen, everybody on the team, even the quarterback, they get their feet right. The boxer, they get their feet right. The wrestler, they get their feet right. It's important. If you cross your feet, that's in trouble. You're in trouble. Get your feet set when you get ready to push. He's talking spiritual stuff, right? But we're looking carnally. It's all about your feet. Establish your base. Psalms 41 through 3. How's that work, Raj? Listen, I waited patiently for the Lord. How many's done that before? How many are still waiting on the Lord to do something? You still wait on the Lord. You never give up. You never, never give up. You keep developing that muscle in your, that spiritual muscle in your mind. It's, it's not a fault on his end. It's a fault on our end. We have to understand timing is everything with God. And it's the same with where we live and how the world is and Washington and everything. Timing is everything with God. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. How many believe he hears our cry? Yes, he does. <coughs> Everything you tell him, he hears, and he does something about it. Verse 2, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. How many can say amen to that? Sometimes you may still be thinking that you're in this pit and things just like running in mud. It's just not, I'm not going anywhere, Lord. You still could be in there, but he's going to get you out. Yes, he will. He pulled me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And what did he do? He set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. So listen to me. You just didn't come to church. You just didn't give God your life. You just didn't get baptized in his name. You didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost for something to just slide away and not understand that how good your footing is. God established you in your life. He established you in this church. So don't worry about whether I should be doing this or I should be doing that. The best thing to do is pray and believe God and know that no matter what, you are an established son of God. You are an established individual of God. And when he puts your feet down, you are are ready and set and ready to go. Why? Because I believe and I know that God has established me. I don't have to rely on anybody else. I'm me. And sometimes we question God about that. Lord, why is this and why is that? Sometimes the worst things to happen is for people to just keep moving around all over the place, trying to find in their mind the right thing. Oh, this doesn't fit. Oh, this doesn't fit. Or this was here, and I got offended here, and this. Get established and understand that it's your relationship with God and how he establishes you where you're at. Ready to go. established my feet. 
plus he put a new song in my mouth. Ooh, that's awesome, isn't it? Even some of the old songs, even some of the old hymns are still good. Why? Because God anointed them when they put them together. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Even a praise to our God. Many shall see it and do what? Fear. Oh, boy. Don't mess with them. Why? Because God's established them in there. He's established that church in Fort Myers. He's established that family in Naples. He's established things in Lehigh Acre. He's established places. Why? Because you are important to God. You're important in the kingdom of God. Don't think that you're done. Don't think that you're disqualified somehow. Don't think that because we slip and fall sometimes that we're out of the game. He's establishing you. The best thing to do is get back up. That's what they taught us in wrestling all the time. Somebody pins you down and gets you on the flat or your back on the mat. You need to get up. And you need to establish your base because that's where you work from. A little bit of wrestling knowledge for you. In case you want to wrestle. Not against flesh and blood. Principalities and powers. Some of us are, are you guys tired of wrestling the same thing all the time? Are you tired of fighting the same habits? Fighting the same stuff every week and coming around and getting a good blessing on Sunday and then going back Monday and fighting the same fight again? Get established in God. Understand how powerful you are. Understand that you're. There, there's a whole lot that's backing you up. There's just not little old me. There's a whole lot of church people. There's a whole lot of church family. There's a whole lot of heritage that's backing you up when you understand that you are his kid. So when you establish and you put, put your feet down, you've got your shield, you've got your sword, you've got your helmet, you've got all your armor, and it's time to push. They push it off of this foot, and they're just pushing the enemy back. They're taking another step, and they're pushing the enemy back. They're taking another step, and they're pushing the enemy back. And we're advancing. We're not falling back, spiritually speaking. Third point is to be strong in your mind and in your faith. Oh, I'm strong, Brother Locke. Yeah, but when that temptation comes around, oh, it's just too easy to fall. I understand that. We all have fallen. We've all got marks. We've all got bruises. We're just human. But you know what? You've got to understand that you just get back up and hold the line, patriot. Hold that line. Huh. Don't give up an inch of what God's given you. He will, the enemy will try to take it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They're mighty through Raj. No. Mighty through Pastor Phil. No. They're mighty through God. 
How do we keep running into the same thing all the time? We just keep giving it to the Lord. Just keep giving it to the Lord. But we have to do our part. What's our part? Our part is holding the line. Our part is putting on the armor. Our part is continuing that relationship with God. Our part is giving everything that we've got to him. Why? Because he's going to work for us and persevere. Keep strong. Verse 5, casting down our imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having in a readiness revenge of all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Musicians, if you'd come, I'm finished. Fourth point about pushing back is important also. I think. Number four is understanding you're not alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. That's a good old hall humming song. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me. Don't you want to hold on to something like that? Don't you want to grasp on to Jesus with all that your might is? You need to check your grip sometimes. We need to do even more. Oh, come on, Raj. I've done this and this and this and this. I know that. I understand that. But you know what? Here's the point. It's not enough. The problem is not that we need more of God. We need more of the Spirit. That's not the problem. The problem is we need to give him more of us. We need to throw off more of our stuff. And give more of us to him so that it flows this direction. More time, more devotion. I think that's true. Understand you're not alone. The whole church, the whole church. When I say that, I'm talking all the way back to Peter and the garden with the sword how he established that first church in the first century. And yet all the way through to the 21st century, it's all into our heritage. Every prayer, every revival that went for this church, every prayer that uh, Brother and Sister Elkins did and those that established this church in this building here, all of that's important and it all affects and goes into your life too. So we have our point to do. We have our part to play. We can't just sit back and let everybody else win the battle. Stand with me. I'm, I think I'm finished. <coughs> Let's all say push back. This week, pushing back. If you have something in your life that you need handled, that God needs, you need for God to handle, and it's time to push back, that's the only thing that you can do is pray and give it to God, and he'll push it back for you. The Revolutionary War lasted seven years. You would be amazed that only 33% of the population supported the patriots. What? Yeah. One out of three. Why is that, Raj? It's because they feared the British Empire. They were scared of them. And they had every right to be scared. Now, if we lived back in 1776, 
oh, we would wave the flag and, you know, throw darts at the at the at, at, at King George and, you know, talk bad about the crown, all that kind of stuff. We'd be on the page. I don't know. But I thank God there was some people that sacrificed. The British Empire was the strongest one ever in the world back then. That's a mighty empire. And these little bands of little militia, these soldiers, they hated the militia. Do you know why? They would give them a what for, and there were a bunch of ragtag country bumpkin people with muskets, and they would beat them once in a while. And the, and the British generals, they were all Napoleonic type of guys, and they had to do everything prim and proper, you know. And, and they, they, they valued the defeating of a proper enemy. So they never really thought the militia was a proper enemy. They were just scattered kids, you know. <laughs> we showed them, didn't we? There's a thing that the militia had called the Minutemen. If there was a Navy SEAL team back in the uh, colonial days in the Revolutionary War, it was these guys. You thought when I was a kid that all the people, everybody that was in the battle was a Minuteman, but that's not so. 25% of the militia was qualified to be a Minuteman. A Minuteman was 25 years or younger, very strong. They had their weapons. And when the fight and the, and the cry went out to go to battle, they would grab their muskets and they would be out there on the front lines and they would be their first responders. We have them here. Three days of rations they would have, but they would be the first ones. And I thought, what would that sacrifice be that that Minuteman would have to do? They were farmers. These people would leave their family, grab their musket and their three days' provisions, and leave the wife and kids at home by themselves at the threat of the British coming in and destroying their house and taking their land or whatever. They, and they were some brutal stories just so that they could fight for this country. Hmm. What do you mean, Raj? <clears throat> They're just common people. People standing there in the line, battle. You know, in the Civil War, and I don't mean to keep prolonging about these battles and this war stuff that interests me, but why do you think North Carolina is called the Tar Heels? Anybody got an answer? Why they were called Tar Heels? Because in the battles, they stayed on the line. And the remark was made about the Confederates from North Carolina that they stayed the line because it felt like they looked like they had tar on their heels and they were stuck. They wouldn't move. That's a compliment when you call somebody a tar heel, especially in a battle. When, when we need to hold the line spiritually, when we need to grab our musket and leave things behind that's important to us, we need to go and find God and pray. Middle of the night? Oh, come on, I got to get up early and go to work. It's calling to battle. 
grab your musket, and it cost them something. It sacrificed. We're not asking you to spend six weeks of pay to buy a musket. We're not asking you to leave your family and go and, and stand for who knows how many years and shoot at the British at this, at this glistening army that's just so powerful. All we're asking to do is pray. All we're asking is to push back. All we're asking is to put on your armor, bend your knee a little bit, and start moving with God. Because if we don't, stuff's going to happen, and things can happen anyway. But I want you to leave this place and know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And when I understand how strong that I am, when I understand that there's more than just me, there's a whole army of patriots. There's a whole army of saints of God in this battle. And it's important for us to hold this line and keep praying and put tar on your spiritual heels and stay put. Don't let the devil push you around and bully you anymore in your mind and your life. We're here for God to do something. We're going to open this altar up today. If you want to come and pray, this altar's open. If you need prayer in your life, if you need something, something you're wrestling with, we'll help you pray. If you feel comfortable but just standing back and praying, that's fine too. But the important thing is, saying of God, I need to pray.
worship the Lord again. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. He deserves it. He is worthy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your